So that no. with the click of that particular button, we go That's from where a non-recording state two in the pink, to a recording and three state. in my state. <laughs> Which is not how I thought that transaction was going to go. But you know, <laughs> when traveling to well, Watcon. You did. Son of a bitch, all it. that was wasted. No, Flamingo said I heard it. Yeah. Oh, Flamingo, that was so, for you and you alone, yeah. buddy. If you want to be a patron and listen to all the shit that we say that's super awesome that we forget to record. Not so not so easy, is it, buddy? Ah. You shut up. Ah. Shut up. Weeks. I think we need weeks that. of catching shit for it. Vindicated. <laughs> Really? You're going to complain about getting shit on for going ahead and messing up recordings? Morshadi still hasn't forgiven me for that one episode. Mine what used to be for not clicking the record button. Ah, mine is just for clicking the record button but not actually having it record well. (laughs) Okay, well... Now that we've recorded, and now that we've started recording, and we've hey guys, we're professionals now. Drink choices of the night, Andrew. Let's let's. I'm gonna bury my head in shame while you kick us off, please. I didn't know you could find like enough shame to like ostrich yourself, but (laughs) you know what? Impressive, sir. Kudos, Andrew. The toe that this man has accumulated is very high. At least 20 toes. this week's episode of the black tower podcast we are a wheel of time podcast shocking i know uh we've maintained that for what five into our fifth year now yeah and we're not changing any time soon accurate it's uh, true but just to make sure you know who we are i am your bajan mahail i'm in charge of the battles uh typically water guns and foam swords because you know who wants to actually get hurt my name is Andrew. Cheers to Andrew. Oh, thanks. I am your Amon Khan Mahale. I am in charge of the Amons. Um, wait, hang on. Just running around with a sack of blue <laughs> diamond almonds. <laughs> I've got wasabi Which... and soy sauce, and I've got lightly salted. What you want? You know the salt sad part is? almonds are pretty damn good, though. If I was actually in charge of that, I'd just be mad all the time because I'm allergic to almonds. So, (laughs) so I'd just be ready. As long as I don't eat them, I'm okay. But like, so I could run around with like bags of blue diamond almonds. Like, it wouldn't be like I would have to like throw them across the room so that people could eat them. But like, you think of like Red Skull and in the Soulstone. I guide others to a treasure I cannot possess. Indeed. (laughs) But uh, no, I am in charge of the the battle songs and the battle beats and the flag waving. I am your Amon Mahale Daniel. Battle beats by Doctor Dragon. 
Amon Khan Mahale beat laugh. Your dragon here to say. Your dragon pin has the dragon like holding a mic. <laughs> I love it. I love no, it. it's actually no. When you join the uh, the Amon Khan Gar, you actually get your sword pin replaced with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> So you still have the dragon because that's the important one, but that's you, the important you lose bit. your sword and you get a mic. I love it. Honestly, I love it. Actually, a fight with the power that would be words, pretty dope. Though. Actually, that would be really cool. Is if you were in the the Bajan Gar and you still kept the sword, and then if you joined the Tsoravan Gar, you got a lightning bolt, and then if you joined lightning the on the collar, Gar, is you had though. What? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, I see where you're going. No, 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 not, not Harry Potter orientation. It would be, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I am figuring that we would also make it very distinctly different than any other historical. Now that I agree with. I like the idea of it being like, yeah, I like the idea of it being two of them sort of where you have like the single one that forks out. Yes, and it's like okay. actually like real lightning, where it's like the okay. So it's not two of them side by side. Yes, exactly. yes, no, a single lightning no. bolt, people. And last but certainly not least, I am the Sorovon Mahale. I'm in charge of all the Sorovons. So any of those Sorovons you see running around, if they act out, you let me know, and I'll take care of they little asses. He's not that's going my job. to. He actually rewards them when he knows. He actually rewards them when he knows they've been acting out. Yeah, but only when no one's looking. And tonight, I'd like to. Pain in the ass. He's actually like (laughs) that dad who mom comes to him and he's like, "Do you know what your child did?" And then the dad goes, "No, what did my child do?" And then they're like, "They beat a camera today by putting a tack on the teacher's chair," and you go. What? How fast must you have been going? That's so cool. No, no, no. It's it's a, I can't believe you do. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. No, 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 no. And then when the person walks off, like, satisfied, you'd be like, good job. We'll go get ice cream later. Yeah. So, and there's one other person that I need to point out tonight, and that is our sponsor, the Crystal Barista. And... It's no mystery. It's no secret. We've pointed out the Crystal Barista numerous times because, as you all know, the Crystal Barista is the official sponsor of the Black Tower podcast. We raise our fists in salute to you, Crystal Barista, for this year's wrong, wrong, wrong salute. (laughs) This year's Gathering Madness is single-handedly funded by the Crystal Barista, and I'm telling you right now, you don't want to miss. October 14th, put it on your calendar. Put it on your calendar. It's going to be the most amazing gathering madness you've ever seen. The biggest, most amazing. A lot of people, a lot of smart people are talking about this year's gathering madness. It's gonna be. It's gonna be great. It's gonna. They be look great. at me and they say, "Absolutely, just how did you make such huge. a fantastic madness? And how did you gather it all in one spot?" 
I'm simply the best. I have the biggest hands and the greatest madness. <laughs> the other day, I... Michael Kramer came up to me, tears in his <laughs> eyes, big, strong Michael Kramer, tears in his eyes. And he said, how do you make such a cool gathering madness? And I just said, Michael, this is a dream. You're not real. <laughs> <laughs> Gathering Madness is going to be off the ever-loving chain this year. So please, the ever the ever-loving you are ever-loving chain. We are putting the pussy on the chain wax this year. It's happening, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be unlike any Gathering Madness you've seen hitherto before, and you just you're not going to want to miss it. I'm just telling you. So October fourteenth, put it <sighs> on your calendars. October there is going to be fourteenth. There is going to be one thing very similar about last year and the year before and the year before that's Gathering Madness and that's, this one's is that the three of us are there. going to be there. Yeah, that's that is the similar. You're you're that is the common denominator. There's a through line here. We we will be at our <laughs> event. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> well. Also, if you would like more details about the Gathering Madness, uh, you cannot currently go on to blacktowerpod.com and see details right this second. Um, we may have the date up, but I doubt that that's even true just because we are still, we are, as you can hear, very much no longer in just the straight up planning stages of it happening because many things have happened and it's going to be super cool and super fun and super dope. Uh, but as we get more details of uh, what activities are going to be there rather than just where it is um, and what date it's on, we will absolutely post them to blacktowerpod.com. So definitely go and check things out. Uh, make sure that you are up to date on all of the details of the Gathering Madness. We will have a lot more uh, details coming out after WatCon, which, as we all know, is in a month and a half. Oh, that's already scary saying. Uh, but yeah, um, also go to blacktowerpod.com to check out all of the different uh, things that we have available as far as all of our social media links and things like that. Uh, the last five episodes presumably are up there right now. <laughs> it does get updated every so often. Uh, usually well pretty done, well. Honestly, it, well it does. Sir. Yeah. Um, also, you can find a little chibi at the bottom that does send you to our sponsor. She's the one uh, with the chibi that is has an Indiana Jones hat and she's a, like a, a cooler, a more awesomer Indiana Jones. Chibi. That's a strong word, but okay, it is, it is. But also, if you're not already in our Discord and you want the best chance at getting active updates when they're available on what's coming up, also true. Um, we do put stuff um, most. <laughs> quickly fastest whatever the grammar is there in our discord uh more so than we tweet it out or uh especially faster than we put anything on our website because that requires work and and we'll get there yeah we'll get there but today is there will be a day when the there's, men there's of the no black side tower interface for the website yet so makes it a little there boring. will be a day when the men of the black tower update the website uh, as quickly as they get information, but it is not this day. That's um, that's true. Also, that's true. By the time that this goes out publicly, all of you listening live are getting a sneak peek 
And if you would like to get a sneak peek into things that we sometimes announce on episodes, uh, you should be a Patreon, a patron on our Patreon and uh, help support the channel because it's awesome and it's super fun. Uh, we understand if you cannot, and we're happy to work with people who cannot on alternatives and things like that. But um, if you can, we would love to have your support on Patreon uh, and you get to listen to the lives, the live shows on Tuesday nights starting at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time, depending on what part of the year it is. But this weekend, we actually did a live stream for hitting all of the metrics that we needed for getting Speaking our... Speaking specifically to people not listening live. Yes. I know you just said that. I'm saying I'm doing the double thing. Yep. Where I got you. Indeed. Uh, so we have now hit the metrics for being able to monetize on YouTube. So if you are not yet subscribed on YouTube, or if you uh, have not liked certain videos on our uh, on our YouTube, uh, if you have not smashed that bell to know when we go ahead and put new videos out and things like that, please consider doing so. Uh, it will help us out immensely, especially to do things like make the Gathering Madness that much more cool, uh, get, you know, even better and more fancy stickers out to those who are, you know, patrons and all of that jazz. So if you would like to do direct, you can do Patreon. If you would like to do indirect, you are more than welcome to get you and all of your friends on our YouTube channel because in the end, it will all help support us uh, and we are very, very grateful for the support. It is our ability to give back to you guys because you guys are awesome and you make this whole thing worthwhile. And the whole reason we're here is so that the three of us nerds can talk about Wheel of Time to each other for your benefit. True. So there you go. True. Anyway, now that we're done with all of the plugs and it's 20 minutes in because that's just how life works at this point. Hopefully they were funny. We do like to try and make them funny so that it's not such a grind for 20 minutes of Sometimes. plugs. But anyway, uh, Josh, do you want to introduce our topic tonight? Well, you know, I was just going to say real quick, what what is channeling? What What is it? I know it is the act, and we, we do get a very lovely... Wait, uh, wait, just look wait. At wait i messed up andrew you want to protect the people from spoilers because i sense one coming in josh's <laughs> statement um i i don't um i feel that we're all adult enough to handle it but, oh. but more shoddy has made it very easy to uh, uh, press a yes. button and let more shoddy warn everybody so here you go the <laughs> fact checker mail coming in with the, the 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 fact protect here it is our conversation earlier was very apropos. I don't know if the button actually worked. Words. Words are hard. Welcome to the Black Tower, a Wheel of Time podcast. All right, let's check this one. This podcast episode will likely be spoiling all of the books in the series, but if Daniel is in charge of the recording, it'll never hit the editing bay. So just in case you're some masochist Patreon supporter who hasn't read the whole series and just gets off on being part of Lost Episodes, how about you put that spoiler condom all the way on? <laughs> I didn't realize how tired he sounds by the time we got <laughs> to mine. 
Oh man. Oh god. All right, Josh, back to you. Back what to me. Is fluff out my shinling. It is time to let my hair down. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay. I ask again. I ask, nay, I demand to know what is channeling. Now we've we've actually touched on this subject many, 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 many times. Um, we've done reaction videos where we've reacted to uh, like different articles that were written about it. We've done we've done background breakdowns where we've talked about people's abilities to channel. We've done all kinds of things, and you know, really, it just always kind of boils down to the fuck. What what the heck is this thing? Because you 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 get you you never get a very quantifiable metric in the books right um you have you have women that are like aha uh they're stronger than me but i'm stronger than them but there's no like power level readers you know there's no like power level nine thousand you know, we don't get that. And then men that don't even exactly really have what that. Vegeta's face looked like. You're right. Men men just kind of go, oh, er, he's really intense, more intense than me. And he's not nearly as intense as me. So I'm stronger than him, but not but we don't ever get that quantified. And then even take honestly, that I think that's even a little back, much. Yeah. I feel like the only time that we hear how much men can channel are all like. Oh, it's, I feel it's, it's I so feel, intense. I feel good about how much I can channel, but man, that dragon reborn <laughs> motherfucker, he can channel so much. Also, and I then, don't know why all of the Ashiman and male channelers sound like pavemen. Me then, channel big. Well, him because, channel more. Because that let's be honest. Any anyone who any man who would want to channel has got has already got a screw loose. Let's on. not be honest. Let's be <laughs> And let's walk that a step back. What exactly is channeling? What exactly is channeling? Now, we know that for men and women, let, let's start with like laying out the foundations, right? For men right. and for women, you have two varieties of channelers those who can be taught to channel and those born with the spark inside of them those who can be taught to channel may live their entire lives and never touch the source those who are born with the spark in them will at some point touch the source whether or not they want to it, it just it doesn't matter you will period end of story and when you take it a step for and then and then of course we have men will have access to one piece of the true source and women have access to another piece of the true source i'm going over book mechanics okay yes indeed that's how, this is how the book mechanics are um, i just had and a and we learn later on in the series that even that's not exactly a constant but we can talk Florida. about that later yeah um there, men who have access to Sidene, women have access to Sidar. There's two different kinds of channelers. 
when we when we hear channeling described, Moraine actually talks about it to it when she's teaching Egwene, and she says that people who can channel are using the true source. And Egwene at one point in time asks her, can you use it all? What happens if it runs out? And Moraine's like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't use it any more than a water wheel can use up the water in the river. And that's what the true source is it is the power that spins the wheel and we are able to touch it and then that that's kind of that's kind of it right there those are kind of the foundational like rules for what channeling is and i kind of go i kind of go but there we know of example i can think of at least one example that pretty much turns each one of those rules, quote unquote, on their heads. So the point, this whole theorizing episode is all about what is happening when we channel. If, if I am a channel and I take Sidene into my body and channel it out as one of the five powers, what's happening? Anybody, anybody yeah, want to take a first like... crack at it? I mean, yeah, I no, I, I mean, I've done it in the past. <laughs> well, I, and it, that's Andrew. what I said earlier. I've said we've 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 hit on this in the past, but I kind of want to be. I kind of want to get like, like real, suck the marrow out of this subject. Put it to rest. Put it to bed. I mean, I, I know, like we've talked in the Discord about it, and I think we talked about it or started talking about it on an episode. Um, at one point, uh. Mm -hmm. like the the tr like the nature of channeling like what does it mean to be able to channel like what are you actually doing um and that it, it kind of came down to like kind of like uh my camp and then everybody else's camp because everybody told me i was crazy um which is fine um which is why I, I like the my my theory even more um is uh the general consensus is that channeling is the use of one side of the true source to effectively change the environment around you to create um uh new things or to remove things from the environment around you to to some effect using the five kind of elemental is uh weaves uh, available um my theory is that it's less about you um, actually creating or destroying anything um, and is more along the lines of using your side of the true source to alter the other threads of the pattern around you. So it's it's less creative or destructive and more transformative thing, kind of like uh, alchemical reactions um, where you're transforming it from one thing to another rather than creating like uh, something entirely new. So whenever you channel fire or you channel fire and air to make a fireball, to, to me, you're not actually creating fire. You are changing the threads of the air molecules or whatever the, the, uh, the kind of space is from being, let's say, air into being like combusted air or fire rather than just oh here's fire that burns um okay 
So <clears throat> with that, like different people's ability to channel their different strengths is a way of our limited understanding uh, minds talking like if you were in the world, being able to measure the capacity that somebody has to force and affect change on the threads of the pattern around them in the world. The more pattern, and, the more threads they can affect is yeah. how strong they are. Yeah. Um, and to me, this ties in very well uh, with Rand at the end, who now yeah. who has kind of seen the full truth of the world and existence. He's uh, gone through the door of, of knowledge and truth to make another Full Metal Alchemist reference. He no longer needs to, he, he no longer thinks about what he's doing in terms of channeling fire and air to throw a fireball. Um, he's kind of mastered the, what I think is the kind of original intent of Teleron Riyadh and it could just will things to happen. He can will the threads of the pattern to bend and change and alter themselves around him without having to think about it in the concepts of channeling a power, dividing it into uh, threads of fire and threads of air to make a fireball that flies through the air. Um, yeah, because we, we see a pretty heavy reliance throughout the entire series on you have to be able to visualize something in some form of way to make it happen. Um, and just like the moving hands when channeling winds up being like a crutch that channelers rely on to a degree. Um, I think for Rand, he was just the only person we've seen outside of Teleron Riyadh be able to get past the crutch of interpreting channeling as actually using different flows, like using fire and using air to create fire rather than, you know, just kind of altering the, uh, the threads around them, if that makes any sense. I feel like I'm like kind of like in five different spots. Do you know, no, you know where I that makes a lot really of sense. love about that is, and you you touched on it with Rand's battle with the Dark One at the very end, um, which we already did a spoiler warning. So, but when he steps outside of the pattern, it talks about him like digging his hands into the pattern and, and weaving like thousands and millions of different threads. Now, it wasn't it wasn't based on the five rudimentary threads that people have access to inside the pattern which are was it fire water earth uh air and air spirit spirit yep and so and so rand whilst outside the pattern battling it out with the dark one is actually weaving whole ass realities and it this fits really really well with where andrew was going with this is that when a channeler weaves a fireball, let's just use the example, they're not creating a fireball out of nothing. They're literally taking a, a thread out of the pattern and going, okay, this one little teeny piece of the pattern, I change that. When I hold my hand out, normally the pattern would say there's just air in my hand, but I'm changing the pattern to say that there's fireball in my hand and that the fireball is going to go and hit that guy in the face and i i that's kind of a, a, a whole serving of mind fuckery in and of itself if you take robert jordan's love for uh like physics what 
what makes more sense that people are able to do if and again i'm trying to rationalize something that is inherently irrational because it's mystical right but is it easier to simply alter something that already exists into something else or to defy all laws of physics and create entirely new matter or just completely destroy existing matter which is yeah okay fine bellfire that's that's a really big thing about bellfire is that there is a good chance that what makes bellfire so terrifyingly effective is that it is like a weave that has discovered a way to fully absolutely destroy matter um i think it's sense. actually i think balefire is actually something completely different okay. there's uh there's this great D D thing where uh you give your characters or your your players as a dm basically a ray gun um, and if they use it on something, they Im- that thing immediately disappears. But what mm-hmm. it's actually doing it is grab is the beam is grabbing the thing and pulling it out of time and space and placing it at the final boss. So the more you use it during your campaign, the harder your final boss is because you've just placed it in the room with the final boss. <laughs> and so i think balefire is just that i think it's moving things and we the people are just like no it's it removes them from the pattern it's like no it doesn't it just moves them to the other side of the universe there's another world over there that keeps sending their bad stuff here <laughs> I, I very much as well no I'm just kidding. no I, I really like the idea that, that's a cool thought i mean yeah, I, uh, I it's not because, what Balefire is. Yeah, I mean, it'd be cool if it was to like an extent where uh, there was that, but I think Balefire's meant, uh, like no, some of the other things are, they're, they're, it's meant to be fantastical. Yes. Um, and I think having having something where by just methodology of using it, you're breaking the pure laws of physics by absolutely destroying matter. And you're, you're almost kind of using like some some sort of um not really superposition but it's kind of in the same vein of superposition uh, in quantum physics that you could throw enough power into it to destroy it further back than now um, mm-hmm. which fits in uh, pretty well with like the whole like quantum physics theories about like how time and space work together and how they don't work together and you know the potentiality for uh, some degree of time travel and all that kind of jazz that uh, a nice man by the name of Stephen Hawking was so good at talking. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah, um, my theory on on what channeling is is a little bit different, but somewhat similar. Because again, the idea of Robert Jordan being incredibly scientific um, and being fascinated with things like quantum physics and uh, and the science behind so much stuff does lend itself towards giving a more laws of physics following kind of magic system that the people in the world just don't really understand that they're following the laws of physics because they haven't written down the laws of physics because that was all lost in the breaking. Um, and and so know, since this was all, you know, common knowledge, 
vintage back in the day, but then it was all lost when the burning of Alexandria happened. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's a great example on a much smaller scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my, my theory is that along the same lines as Andrew is talking about, it's not actually creating something necessarily. Um, it's not making new matter or destroying matter that already exists unless it's Balefire because it's special and Robert Jordan wanted to use magic to break his own rules, it, which is great. That's kind of the point. It's only um, a weave, Daniel. Right? That, you know, given that the creator used the power to create creation or it flows through creation or it pushes creation along, turns the wheel, whatever whatever metaphor you would like to go ahead and use, uh, I find it to be sort of the essence of creation tucked away outside of creation or flowing through it in an invisible way. Uh, whichever one sort of you want to look at it as that makes your brain hurt less. <laughs> um, and that channelers are not actually creating fire. They are not actually creating a fireball. They are not actually creating a wall of fire that springs up from the ground. But they're building Legos. They can grab from this immense pool of Legos that is this unincorporated matter and use it to create what they would like to be having happen in this world uh, in the way that their brain can understand all of this unused or un affected matter i just um, had the visual of the kid who's like these are my legos i can play with them you cannot uh-huh so like all the channelers being like this is my bin of legos right here i can play with them and then like the person who can channel more is like yeah well i've got the whole harry potter legos set <laughs> so that's cute that you've got the race car but i've got the whole the yeah, chosen no, are just that's... running around playing with Lincoln logs. <laughs> yes. Well, and I it's it's sort of that idea of like it, also, let me throw out there this is a little a tiny little bit of a tangent, but it matters to what I'm about to talk about. Right. I definitely think along the lines of what Moraine is talking about. When she tells Egwene, you can never use up what's out there. You are using a thing, but it is an unfathomable expanse of just unincorporated building blocks. And you tap in and you grab the pieces that you want and you affect the world around you, but it is so more, so much more massive than you could ever possibly use. And it is so much more massive than any single human, any group of humans, or possibly all of humanity could use. Now, which would be the river. Well, but the metaphor now, that Moraine used, yeah. Yes. 
it's interesting because Moraine's a dumb fuck. Like, she knows a lot. She is very smart. But when it comes right down to it, Moraine is standing there telling Egwene these truths about something she can't possibly understand, therefore has no discernible truths. If you cannot actually fathom the entity that you are uh, using or working with or whatever, it doesn't have to follow the rules that you're saying it does. I mean, if you think about it, they have more evidence at the end of the series that these pools of power are more likely to be finite than they are infinite. For example... And so again, they're trying to understand these these vast concepts of stuff, uh, and they just are doing their best. And again, that's where Moraine and the Aes Sedai and, and all of these other people are not actually dumb fucks. They are just trying to use the scientific method effectively to understand the world around them, and they are talking about them in the language that they have, and they are understanding them in the equations that they can put together and things like that. And that is valuable. It is very valuable, but it is kind of humorous to talk about unfathomable and ununderstandable, at least with your current tools. I'm not saying that they're literally in, impossible to understand, but but this idea of something that you can't possibly understand with the tools that you currently have as being in these boxes that you have then made is just a little bit laughable. And it's one of the reasons that, like, again, we're not going to get into this sort of discussion, but rules for God or gods make me absolutely insane. So this thing or things that are completely un- outside of the realm of human understanding, this is how they work. Why? Why in the absolute world would you ever say that as a definitive thing, given that it is outside of the possible understanding of humanity at this point, and you started your sentence with that? One, like, <laughs> one, of, one of the quotes uh, I absolutely love, and this is a quote in, uh, I'm actually going to Google it right now, so that I can actually give the person who said it credit. Hey, there you go. So the, so sorry to while he's looking that up to finish my thought here. Um, the so one of the thoughts that I've actually always had about the um, about Wheel of Time is that they are on a planet, and the building they blocks are on for, a planet that the building blocks for. Well, it never actually claims that, Josh. You're like saying that as though it's like a truth, like not necessarily, uh, but. I mean, it's strongly suggested given the like, you know, moon landing and things happening in sure. in the, the first age and things like that. But it's never explicitly stated. So presumably they are on a planet and the universe outside of them is infinite, effectively. And so what they actually do is they use the building blocks for the universe's creation and actually 
change what's happening here on this planet from other places. So they're basically grabbing universe building itself material and using it to to will what they want in their immediate surroundings. Correct. I, I will say in this, in this, and I think this goes back to kind of where you were going with Moraine as well. <clears throat> this is the quote. And it's by Jill Tarter. And she's a scientist. I do not know mm -hmm. her area of expertise. I'm sorry. But her quote is, the story of humans is the story of ideas that shine light into dark corners. And now... I like that. Daniel, where you're going with this, you know, yes, when it comes to what rules and laws govern the gods and the universal cosmic forces that basically tell us what we can and cannot do. <laughs> that is based on our understanding of said foundational rules. So when it comes Correct. to channeling, you know, you start you start getting in and, and, and Star Wars has done this a little bit, right? You can clone someone, but can you clone someone with the ability to use the force what is that is that well depends on how many midichlorians is that they genetic have. is that chemical is that spiritual what is the element what is the where's where's the link between the ability to channel versus someone who cannot channel what is the link now let's say you've got the component that says you can channel What's the component adjacent to that that says you can channel more yes. than someone else? Um, now we've got we actually do, and I know I'm all I'm going to give the disclaimer in advance right now because I know people go back and forth when it comes to uh, this character, and this is the female Forsaken. Uh, it, it was uh, it was Balthamel, or no, Correct. it was Ag Agonor. Nope. Balthamel was it Balthamel? Resurrected Agonor comes woman. back as a male. Balthamel comes back as a female. It is, comes back as a female, but is still able to channel Sidene. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go into the is whether or not it is trans representation. I understand that's problematic. Nice to take. That's not the point of the conversation here. The point of the conversation here is for all intents and purposes, this is a wholly female genetic existence of a person who has access to Cydene. So I'm going to say this. A, it's possible because that's that's step one in order to understanding what how this works. Now, is this, Daniel, is this like you were talking about? Is this the rules of gods? They understand way more than we do? Or is this something that they're like, when I create a body, I can go and flick this switch. Has absolutely nothing to do with the physical body itself. Has everything to do with the permission I give the body. And therefore, it's a spiritual setting? What, what? Where do we think the ability to channel? What what echelon of existence do we think the channel ability exists in? Well, see, Halima, beyond the obvious, is a, is a unique case 
when you talk about the ability to channel and where does it come from and why can yes. a female body channel male power um in the purest terms of how life works in the wheel of time halima is a completely unnatural creation mm-hmm. that being right. said the dark one has interceded in the death of the soul intercepted mm-hmm. that soul from moving for, back into the pool of souls into the, the lace of ages or wherever and pulled that soul out created a new body and Correct. in the dark ones borrowed mind, yeah whatever um yeah basically it's just one that he body. has on it, hand it, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter same same thing it doesn't matter um and taken this body borrowed created whatever um because he can definitely do both um and inserted this male soul into this female body in his mind and his rationale as a form of punishment or at least perceived as punishment by the entity that becomes uh known as halima so this is going to be a a male soul that was reborn in a forced and more immediate fashion basically reborn into adulthood not growing up and living life as whatever the case is and so from halima uh, right. You learn and through some interviews after that the the access that you have to Sidene is largely dependent on the impression or the feeling of the soul. If the soul believes itself to be male, then the soul will channel Sidene. If the soul believes itself to be female, then it will channel Sidere. So <clears throat> it does mean that it's possible. But outside of the dark one intercession rebirth of of Belima, it is not seen anywhere else that we see in the series but it is possible mm-hmm. so and 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 no and, and i'm glad you like expounded on that because uh i believe it is shadar haran when the character known as halima takes their first breaths is like initially very upset that they're in a female body right uh-huh. um and then and i believe it's even given to, them to, to even saying arangar i believe that shaydar haran even says that if you want eventually the soul can you can you can have access to sidar but for now i think it's more, of more benefit to have access to Sidene. But like I believe that they they there is a specific passage and I'm blanking right now. I need my fact checker Mahale. Where you at more shoddy. Um but I believe there's space in there where they straight up say you you will have the choice. You can make the choice. And eventually you can embrace um Sidar. But for now you have access to Sidene because that's kind of where you are. Yeah. Um, I do see in the chat, he who comes with the wine, asking for references to channeling being in the genes, in the genetics. And that's, this is kind Never of the point. with this any is, solid evidence. This, and this is, this is, this is why we wanted to kind of talk about what is channeling, because it's, <clears throat> it's one of those, it's one of those rules that are accepted. When you come into a book, when you come into a story, there are, there are, foundations right there are foundations of and no and and i'm sorry and just to to bring into this this conversation 
he does say they touch time and time again about it being bred out do. or being culled. That is a theory that yes. um, Aes Sedai have. Um, and that is a theory that was widely shared in Shira. Um, it's not so much shared in, I think, really anywhere else. I think everywhere else is kind of like... Well, they don't cool, talk whatever. about it. Other other yeah. than like the Browns, they don't talk about it in Brandland because having less, if not no male Chandlers isn't a negative to yes. right. the way that the, every culture in Randland uh, works. But it, Sara, kind of, it, it does seem to be conjecture style evidence that would seem to indicate that there could uh, very well be a genetic uh, component to it because we do see that the Chandlers at base level from Sara tend to right. average stronger than the Chandlers for Randland. Um, and I think it's about somewhere in between Randland and Sara that we see uh, happening in Sean Chan. Well, and and just as another kind of a point on that, um, he who comes with the wine also mentioned earlier in the chat, and I wanted to mention it, in the Age of Legends, channeling was seen as science, as, 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 a, as a scientific practice, as uh -huh. something that was very easily scientifically understood and manipulated. Um, you know, fast forward 3,000 years to the next age and the post-apocalyptic uh, fallout of the breaking, and now it's, well, it's magic. We don't really understand what and why. So you've got a really great point. The topic that we're discussing right now, we are essentially, in effect, the members of the third or fourth age, not really understanding what this was, but those in the age of the legends presumably had a much deeper understanding of how channeling worked. And I would even posit as, as evidence to my statement on that, that they were so adept with channeling, or specifically the very concept of channeling, that they were looking for a more potent version of that. Ways of making channeling more potently available to channelers and uh, other people. Now, we do know that people who could not channel did exist in the Age of Legends because they talk about Tyrone Creole that were made specifically for people who could not channel. Um, and there are theories as to whether or not that meant they had electricity. <laughs> Interesting to or, think that like in their pursuit to bring about pure equitable balance. Um, and I mean, I'm thinking of this more like in a Confucius way, not some grand sure. statement way just to put that out there and be very clear about that. <laughs> the whole reason that we have the whole strife of the breaking and everything that we read in the third age is because they were trying to remove the barrier that they felt was limiting them in their scientific progress and the progress of society being that uh, male channelers had to channel Sidene and female channelers had to channel Sidera and there was no bridge other than to potentially link. And even then, you were more than often stumbling in the dark trying to control the weaves of somebody else and just the virtues of the link aiding you in it not being catastrophic more times than not. So they were seeking out a new power that everybody could use together so that how 
every channeler, male or female, Aes Sedai, learn how to channel could be uniformed and they could work better together and uh, could like experiment in the same ways at the same time. Um, so there's a bit of irony, obviously, in them trying to make things where they can work better together and accidentally wound up absolutely destroying what balance they had. Yep. So. Well, it's also, you know, it becomes this question of was this actually the science experiment going gone wrong? Because we don't ever really get a a true sense of what happened at the time. And I've always thought that it was very interesting of was this someone mad at FDA approvals? Like, was this someone who just went, no, I'm going to blow through all of the red tape that we have that's set up for us to go ahead and protect ourselves uh, from, you know, setting off a nuclear bomb in our own midst. Uh, and I want the nuclear energy, so I'm just going to do the thing. And of course, we all know that historically... Sometimes that has absolutely worked. Sometimes they have absolutely put together the nuclear reactor and it has gone really well. And people are like, Ooh, you really shouldn't have blown past all that red tape, but we're really glad that you were successful and didn't kill yourself and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for not and doing sometimes that. Sometimes it does not work out very well at all. And they set up the nuclear fission and they blow themselves and the surrounding a hundred miles of, you know, matter and organic life to smithereens. Um, and so I, I would like, it would be really cool to, to get a chance to hear sort of Robert Jordan talk a little bit about that, or, you know, someone who is, who has read his notes thoroughly enough to really understand his his thought process there of was the borer a cautionary tale of regulation was it a cautionary tale of greed was it a cautionary tale of uh be more satisfied with what you have or was it actually a a situation where he was actually kind of saying Sometimes it's going to go bad, but, you know, hundreds of thousands of years later, it maybe not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds or thousands of years later, uh, you know, it'll all work out in the end and you'll be back to an age of prosperity. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, I, I believe Jeff Goldblum, uh, as Dr. Malcolm from Jurassic Park, summed it up beautifully. When he said you were you were so uh, preoccupied with whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think that you should. Whether or not you should, uh, that was a terrible Jeff Goldblum impression. I don't care. Horrifying. I but, went for it. Uh, but the point is, there solid. are many better Jeff Goldblum impersonations than that. But <laughs> they're not, not here. Not right. any on this show. Not any on this show. <laughs> But anyway, no, but I, again, I, I almost, I almost even wonder you could, one could make the, the theory, one could theorize that uh, Lanfear and Luz Theron, whilst researching, uh, finding uh, 
the the what is it? It's not it's not the one power. The true the source. True power. The true power. The no, true, true power, power or true well, source and one power are the same. The true power right. is the bad one. While researching the true power, they could have been trying to unlock the secrets of channeling and how it works. I mean, entirely possible. There's just, and again, you know, the unreliable narrator of the Wheel of Time is so prolific and so prominent that. And, and, you know, I honestly think that Robert Jordan, every time he does, he uses the line, the truth that an Aes Sedai tells you is not necessarily the truth you think you heard. I feel like that's him laughing, like giggling like a shithead every time he writes it out. Like, this whole chapter, you thought you read, you read something, something, but you didn't. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, because there's so many times where he gives us the information and we think we know the information. but to come to find out it was from the unreliable narrator and we don't actually we were led falsely by someone else's misunderstanding of the truth of the situation yep which is why when it comes to what is channeling such a seemingly simple question to answer i remember first reading the series my buddy and i've and i've, I've shouted him out a couple of times already because one of these days he's going to listen and he's going to hear his name and he's gonna be like what the what so ben low my boy ben low whilst selling me up on the series originally when we talked about channeling he actually said it's fill if you are a vessel it's filling yourself up as a vessel for the one power and then able to water the flowers around you and the people who can channel more are larger vessels than the people who can channel less and i thought that was a really great explanation at the time so I, and I simply sorry go ahead hit it i was just going to say simply speaking it's a pretty good overview like it, it answers the question without leaving the rest of the but what if but what if but what if but what if. sure yeah. so anyway that was the end of my statement anyway. um do we know and I, I think i know the answer but do we know or do we have any indications about excluding the true power can mm -hmm. the dark one grant people the ability to channel so in the story it does not seem like we have any definitive evidence at all. Now, again, when he brings back the souls of the Forsaken, they seem to retain what they had. And whether that is the Dark One being able to say, here is your channeling ability back in exactly the capacity that you had it or a similar one or you know, negligibly different, or whether that is their channeling ability tied to their soul, which is what he's putting back into a new body, is unclear. Um, but it does seem like the Dark One does not have any stated ability to give anyone the ability to channel beyond the true power, which is his dominion, if that makes sense. I mean, because 
it, it builds or potentially builds an interesting conundrum because if the dark one cannot grant by itself the ability to channel into uh into a body that he's mm-hmm. uh putting these souls into um then that would mean that the, what we've learned is some of the, the two things he can't do roughly would be give somebody the ability to channel and create bodies for whatever reason i mean that's that's a really weird one to not be able to do to not be able to create uh create bodies um again this is there's some assumption going on here uh that he can't do things rather than he just doesn't do things sure um because i think it's more the second one than the first but again that it's they talk about it like it's a can't yeah yeah i mean so if for for this kind of like little thought experiment i guess i'm going to take take things at face value the things that we don't see him do and him expressly do other mechanisms to accomplish a similar thing we'll just assume that they are things that he can't do um and it might be a bit of a trope that you know as the king of destruction how could you create life um uh, kind of seems like it's a bit of an anti- uh, antithesis to, to who you are as an entity. But I digress. So let's assume that he can't create bodies. And let's assume that he cannot grant the ability to channel. Just okay. pure channel, excluding the true power. Yep. Then that would at least, the same way that the, the ability to channel and the strength and channeling apparently or presumably or potentially, whatever word you want to use, being uh bred out of people by you know the ostracization of, of male chandlers and they're being hunted down and killed um that would imply that there is at least some maybe not just um like uh flaming uh flamingo said i said here that there is a genetic component to channeling um because if it was but then it but then it raises the question then if these forsaken that are reborn and their souls are, are snatched near the moment of death and are put into these bodies that uh, the dark one has on standby or that the shadow has on standby, whatever, do the bodies, is, is, is the reincarnation of sorts of the forsaken such a big deal because the bodies that he's putting them back into already have the genetic ability to channel and they may or may not have the soul component because it seems that the soul is going to be what maintains memory, what maintains experience and skill and everything. Um, much in the same way we see Rand, especially once he finally accepts who he is, um, have just this incredible breadth of ability that Luz Theron was renowned for having. Um, you know, are, are these bodies that already have the genetic component? that he's putting the forsaken souls into and those are in much more limited supply so that's why it's a bigger deal for the dark one to resurrect his servants so i really like that idea of a hundred percent of the population if you look at a hundred percent of the population 50 percent of them have the genetic predisposition to be able to channel but only 6% of the souls that are actually tied to those bodies actually have the mental capacity, spiritual understanding, whatever you want to call it as far as that is concerned, 
uh, to actually use that physical predisposition. Bodies are also genetically predisposed in some ways to an amount of channeling. And so when you get a soul that is matched with a body that is that that is when you get a channeler and that's actually one i like that a bit or i actually ooh, even more so what if that's what's going on with the difference between the spark and the ability to learn the spark you already have both and the ability to learn you have the genetic but the spiritual or the soul-based trait has to still be created. Yes. And of course, like, it's also a thought of like, again, it's sort of a, is your soul able to learn? So there's even sort of a third category here of some souls, some spirits will absolutely undergo the the moment of realizing what they can do. But only ones that are matched with genetically predisposed bodies are actually able to do that. And therefore they will touch it because at the moment that the spirit realizes it can do it, the body kicks in. So the ones who can learn if it's a, well, yeah. The ones who are, the spirit is going to understand what creation is or not what creation, what the power is, will become scientists because they have the predisposition spiritually to understand what creation is and the flows of whatever, but they're matched with a body that is not genetically predisposed to be able to channel. And therefore, while they will never actually touch it physically with their genetically predisposed body, they just, you know, have this mental thing that they'll be able to understand what that is. Then there's also the third category of souls that can be taught to understand that connection and their body already does it. So when they actually get that like moment of clarity that someone goes ahead and uh, explains to them what it is that they're supposed to be doing, their body can do it and their soul can understand it. And then there are just other souls that don't ever understand it or bodies that never can touch it. I also love that Leia just cracked the thing is that's why some of the heroes of the horn never touch the source because their soul, their brain, their idea of self is unable to make the connection of where it is that that you know that that the power the the force of creation can actually be manipulated and therefore Birgitta will never come back as a channeler because while she's dope as fuck and no one should ever say otherwise her soul just doesn't have that that moment of of whatever needs to be done and so she can be put into a body that is genetically predisposed but can't have her, but her soul is never going so, to make the other piece of the recipe to make a channeler. So we have, so we, in effect, according, according to kind of where the conversation is going, 
Um, and I really like where the conversation is going. Same. Um, this is fun. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So I'm going to say there's we've got we've got three components genetically. Can the body physically handle or understand channeling? If yes, continue on. Can the soul residing in that body also understand and accommodate for channeling? Because we accommodate. do, we do I know. actually really like that word because I, I, I've been running into this now a few <laughs> times when we've been talking about it and I used it. Understand feels like the wrong word. It makes it feel like there's a, a lack or a thing there, but the... Uh, what word did you just use again? Not understand. Accommodate. Accommodate. I like that word so much better. It feels like a, a not a reward, but like an extra thing. So it's not that you can't understand. It's that whatever it is can't accommodate the other piece of it or the other pieces. I I really like that. Sorry, I I wanted to jump in there because. This language has been throwing me a little bit. Well, as the others <laughs> talking about it, and I, I, I so it's hard. I like the concept of of it being like an understanding and ability to conceptualize. Because if we see people that have the genetic ability to channel, but not the the soul based ability, mm -hmm. and if the sure. soul houses houses memory and the essence of which the person, we know it does, I could. Imagine well, if somebody was a strong was, word, but we presume very strongly. <laughs> imagine if somebody's reborn and they're born into a body that doesn't have the genetic traits to channel, but their soul remembers the conceptualization and how channeling could work, or they at least are predisposed to understand it when they hear I said I talking about it. I think you could have that. Um, so I like it, but accommodate does sound nice. I'll give you that. And sexy Morshadi, the fact checker Mahale, coming in clutch, basically just, you know what, I don't even want to say it, because it kind of just, <laughs> it wastes the entire damn episode. And, I know, right? Our entire damn episode summed up in a single statement from Brandon Sanderson. I'm going to read it right now, though. The ability to channel, I think this has all been reported, but he stated, he being Robert Jordan, definitively that the ability to channel is tied to the soul he stated definitively that the spark was not tied to the soul but could be affected by a specific body just because you had the spark in one life you could be reborn and just have the ability to learn he stated that with 85 percent probability that strength and the power was not tied to the soul Meaning that if you were an uber channeler in one body, you could be weak in the power in your next body. Which absolutely means that, again, Andrew you, hit the nail right on the head. I was about to say, you know what that means is Andrew's one smart motherfucker. I raise my tankard of taint to Andrew and his immense supreme smartness. Uh, yes. don't, don't do all that. Like, don't. Oh, I'm doing the it. Ego. Yes. It's happening. Halima's body was specifically found for Balthamel. Moradin's uh, body was specifically found for Shamael. I that is absolutely that's canon. 
that clearly based on that interview, if if Brandon is being honest, which it seems like he just about always is, then That's... that seems to be a hundred percent the case. So is so... that the dark one actually had to find bodies to house Ishamael, Balthamel, Agenor, Lanfear, oh uh, all of these different people that were that and that would make as all close of which to would, their red, power level as possible. Yes. But so and, and here's, actually... here's where my other thought was coming in. Yes. Because if we if we know that the creator is responsible for all creation, mm -hmm. that means that to whether it's just introducing the variety of the different genetic predispositions of the body to introducing the different capabilities and understanding abilities or accommodation abilities of the soul, mm -hmm. that at the moment of creation assuming coming into the first age and and like our current time world uh our timeline whatever um anybody that could potentially use magic was already known and then moving into the second age where there is no concept of this this ultimate evil the the concept that the dark one doesn't earnestly exist sure everybody that could or ever would have the ability to use the one power in the age of legends belonged exclusively to the creator exclusively meaning that the only way that the dark doesn't mean that they're good people but belong sure exclusively yeah, yeah, yeah to the creator right 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 meaning that the only way for the dark one to ever have underlings that could use the power had to be the innate corruption of the creator's channelers that there could never be somebody born of the dark one's influence and accord initially predisposed to fight for his side or to be on his side to be able to channel because he could not bestow that ability so interestingly and yeah sorry yes that that part is also true because i I would even take it one step further is actually going going even more into that. On some level, you've actually hit on a larger a larger fact in some way is that if the dark one is actually incapable of creating bodies, period. Um no, other than maybe Shadowrun. You got a yeah, perfect right. muscle, put it on um, me. And if he was, <laughs> well, if, if it was incapable of touching the world in the same way, and we actually have, this is this is actually going really well into another episode that we have set up, uh, which is, does the Dark One actually have dominion over death? Where once he, when he is actually, when it, whatever, when the Dark One is actually removed from being able to touch the pattern, does that entity actually still have the ability to reborn souls? Or does that become an ability that it has after the boar? Uh, in that case, every single Dark Friend and every single Forsaken and every single Shadow... whatever you want to call them uh all were pure ones 
because they all were sort of created as threads in the creator's pattern. And the dark one has just been corrupting them and corrupting them and corrupting them and getting more and more souls on his on their side. Um, because they never actually had followers that were inherently dark one followers. They were all creator-made entities that chose to go to the dark. Which is what makes the Heroes of the Horn so incredibly remarkable, because even at the moment of death, they are so closely tied to the pattern of the creator that they can't be intercepted by the dark one. There, yeah, this is so yeah. off in another um, direction that I love so but much, Leia, but also... Yeah. <laughs> Leia uh, made me think of, of something else. So she, she asked in the live chat, Again, another reason to become a patron, just a dollar a month, and you can you can do this too. You you <laughs> jump into our show, you ask us questions and challenge our wheel of time worldviews. I love so Leia asked the question for the male forsaken that get put in male channeling bodies, did the dark one have to cleanse the body of the taint? Yes. And immediately I went back to this to uh, the statement I made earlier of if memory and mentality and everything is tied to the soul, does the taint even truly touch the body or does the taint Ooh. lie on the soul? So Ooh. by extension, would there then be absolutely no need for the dark one to cleanse a body of anything other than maybe sickness because the soul is where the taint resides? Oh my God. Which Guys. is what makes getting so much of the taint no. so horrible because it's no, on your soul. No, no, I'm going to say taint resides solely in the body. And and here is okay. my reasoning as for why. I, I present to you two bits of evidence. One, Nynaeve is able to remove the taint from a man's brain and they are then free to channel Sidene post-cleansing without any further issue. Issue. Without any further issue. Rand, in having access to his previous memories, the taint was not removed from the brain, but rather a weave was added around the physical taint upon the brain, which allowed him to function relatively normally whilst having access to those memories. Does it though? You're saying yes. that like it's fact. Well, okay. According to him, he has access to the memories. And when he confronts Cad Swain and is like, ah, that's a lovely paralysis net you're wearing. I wore one of the first ones. And she was like, a what? And then he like accurately identifies the different Tirangrial in her yeah, paralysis right. net. Like, I'm I'm all for being like, okay, he's totally batshit and he made a word up. And since nobody can verify what he's saying, it's cool. But when he accurately identified the role of the different Tirangrial, like, come on, that that's if he doesn't have access to specific memories of Luz there in Telemann, he does have access to knowledge that allows him to 
like correctly identify a number of things he should not be able to identify well so, so let me the, let me throw out a question here that's not that we're gonna wrap up here soon because this is not a question i actually need answered now <laughs> but this goes back to sort of the unreliable narrator and the understanding concepts that are ununderstandable josh what is the soul it is can humans actually affect the soul is Nynaeve actually seeing 100% the madness in the body and only the body? Or is she actually able to see the madness in the soul? And that is part of the thing. Like, you don't have to have an answer for that. I don't have an answer for that. But it's definitely one of those things of you're sort of saying this as no, definitively it's in the body because Nynaeve can see it. Why? Why is that definitive? And so again, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just no, saying a good point. what it's a good point. What pieces of this are there? It is suggestive because it seems like the body is what can be healed. It is, but at the same time, how do you give definitive answers to undefinable questions and and such? So Andrew, that was ahead, half. That was that was literally <laughs> half the question I was going to ask. Okay, cool. And I was going to say like. Well, I want to ask this question, but to ask that question and maybe get an answer, I have to ask another question. Okay. Again, going back to Balefire. We Ooh. know that a an entity Balefire <laughs> cannot be resurrected by the Dark One. Now, Presumably, is yeah. that the case because Balefire touches and directly affects the soul? Ooh. Or because the Dark One can only intercede if it's near the moment of death and Balefire pushes back the moment of death beyond when the Dark One can reach. That yeah. would also then mean that the statement that the Dark One cannot resurrect someone Balefire is not actually true because if the Balefire was only I, strong enough to do a couple of seconds, then the Dark One could still intercede and resurrect it, the soul. I, I don't think that the Dark One has a problem resurrecting people burned out by Balefire. Oh, I, I think we had this okay. discussion previously, and that was... A, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will definitely being, talk more about that at some point. Well, I, I asked the question because yeah, yeah, yeah. if, if Balefire is effective at preventing resurrection because it touches the soul, then even though it is by itself a, a, a all physics and rationale breaking weave, it still proves that channeling can touch the soul. And so it could be the interpretation of the madness that Nynaeve is seeing and that others are seeing whenever they learn how to heal madness rather than it only being something that, intrinsic to the body. That is a valid point because she's not physically opening up the brain mm -hmm. and seeing black tar like substance yes. covering the brain so that's that's that is a valid point i like it i like it hey guess what guys i'm gonna leave i'm gonna i'm gonna dive into this one last thing that the fact checker mahale has said and then uh we're gonna use that to flavor our final thoughts uh-huh let's see uh the question is can you sever a person from the true power or with the one power. And the creator himself says, not in the same way. If you try and gentle a man 
were still a woman who's capable of using the true power, you'd have to use another method. Question then becomes, so is it not only the dark one who can stop giving the forsaken the true power, but can they be cut off as Asmodian was cut off? Robert Jordan said, read and find out. Rapo, I'm not going to tell you. They could be cut off, but the problem with that is nobody knows how to do it. It is possible that some of the forsaken themselves know how to do it, but nobody else does. The question then becomes, what happens when Rand and Asmodian have this conflict and Rand severs his ties with the Dark One? And, and Rand the, severs uh, some black ties. Isn't black that... ties. I believe this is going so, back wait, to Eye of the World. This is the Eye of the World. Yeah. It's when oh, yeah. Rand cuts the ties from Asmodian back into the ether. Uh, and Asmodian uh, is let, or not Asmodian, uh, uh, Agonor, Agonor, Balthamel. So all, all of this Balthamon. brings again, no, like it's this. Agonor. Balthamel dies immediately from the Green Man. Agonor is the one that Rand cuts, and then he fights Balthamon and does the same thing. He cuts the cord. All this raises another. Oh, you're right. Sorry. So yes, Ishamayel. Uh, right. Another interesting question: How does stilling and gentling work? Right. Does what, it cut what's... off the soul's ability to understand it, or does it cut off the body's ability to touch? It's new episode. So... I, write that down. I, write that down. Write that down. I think, it, that down. <laughs> yeah, I think it. I mean, that is a good thing for us to explore more. But I think it, it has to all. It has to be the soul, because it... the individuals that get stilled and gentled, they can still sense the source. And mm. I don't think you'd be able to sense it if you didn't have. The genetic well, markers and i think it's also a lot harder to alter someone's genetic makeup unless they can like well, bombard the shit out of somebody with like gamma radiation but then how do you heal bombardment with gamma radiation well whatever? but when oh, i actually God. hear them still being able to sense it but not being able to touch it i feel like that actually oh. sounds a lot more like an understanding of what they were doing without so actually being able to do it severance. anymore like does so do you that, think that to me sounds like it's a it's a physical alteration but the brain retain or the the soul retains the ability the that soul it got to the brain if you will oh my gosh so wait, would that mean that if somebody has the soul marker to be able to channel but not the genetic marker if they they could understand it because they potentially experienced the feeling of stilling without ever having been actually able to. Change. That was actually kind of what I was talking about earlier of like somebody oh. who understands what's happening becomes like a great scientist because, you know, they understand something outside of their ability to do because channelers sort of stop thinking about it. By the way, no, he right? can channel, but. Oh, but no, oh, okay. like your your desire for for discovery isn't actually like I want to learn. It's you don't know that you can't channel, and your body craves the ability oh. to channel, and that's what yeah. makes you an Albert Einstein. Oh my God, hmm. Einstein! Oh. Anyway, all anyway, right. So, holy crap! My final okay. thoughts on this is that we need to oh have a lot more God. final thoughts on this because need, this is a such drink. a wonderful. That's my final thoughts. Yeah, we. This is such a wonderful. Just Robert Jordan is a genius. I mean, I mean, we all knew that already, but just like again, the idea of putting together a, mag oh. a magic system that is so 
ethereal and yet also so real and then going ahead and giving us just enough information in interviews to to back ourselves into corners and find out new information and do everything like that it's awesome um Damn. my final thoughts on the subject itself on the question itself of what is channeling oh. i am now personally very much on the side of well i guess that's a different question I don't think that we've actually changed my mind in any way about what I think sort of the act of channeling is of sort of grabbing the building blocks of grabbing onto the building blocks of creation and using them to change the way that uh, the world is around you. I'm so glad that we got into so many other things and asked more questions than just what is channeling, especially because all of us had relatively straightforward to a certain extent uh, answers that were understandable as far as what we thought channeling entailed. Um, and I think all of them work. One of the nice things is all of us can defend our thesis on what we think channeling is. Um, <laughs> but it opened up the floodgates to all of these other questions that are great. And so my final thoughts are, I love these discussions and I love the questions that they bring about. And I'm excited to go ahead and throw a number of other metaphysics and whatnot uh, into our topics list uh, and see if we can blow ourselves and our listeners' minds uh, as much as possible again later. So if you are not a Patreon, do it. You can come and blow our minds and ask questions that really make us think uh, and just... Come make and see our if we can blow ourselves and our You can you can come and blow. You guys are sixth graders. Get out. <laughs> I mean, I wish I was. I didn't have bills in sixth grade. <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> but uh very fun. I appreciate both of you for going on that journey with me. Uh, I also appreciate all of our live <laughs> listeners who went on that journey with us. Uh so there you go. Those are my final thoughts. Always a good time. Uh, do you want to finish off, Josh? Or do you uh, want to? You know next? what? Here's 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 what I'm thinking of. My, my, I've gone back to junior high math when it comes to the Venn diagram. I don't know. Is it math? I don't know. One of those junior high classes. Clearly, very effective and very uh, awesome with me because I understand exactly where I learned it. But it's a Venn diagram. One circle is the physical. One circle is the spiritual. And one circle is the mental, or the, yeah, the mental. And as we've established, I feel like the physical is a switch. Either your body can or your body can't. And the soul is a, a variable resistor. Now, for those of you who don't know what a variable resistor is, your volume on your stereo is a variable resistor. Less resistance equals more volume. More resistance, turning the volume down. So the soul has the variable resistor. Either you can turn it up to five, or you can turn it up to 10, or you can turn it up to 100. Sounds like an 80s or 90s rock band. How much you the latest you're track able to channel. Resistor. And the mental, which we didn't really get a lot of chance to discuss, but is canon is canonical in the series and that is the mental determines 
which side of the one power you have access to, Sidene or Sidar. And God, I geez, this 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 conversation went so much deeper than I expected it to, and I'm so happy it did. Um, and for my final thoughts, I feel like this is just so awesome. It's one of the things I absolutely just love about this book series, and the reason I keep coming back for more. So yeah, you're on your forty-seven three read, right? Yeah. Well, I, I did take a slight break because someone bribed me to begin reading The Wheel of Time if I started reading uh, A Court of Thorns and Roses. And um, uh, so okay. I, I only in the name of spreading the good word of our Lord and Savior, the Dragon Reborn, have I but taken a break from my reread. Yes, but I'm, I'm burning through Akatar uh, as the quickly. creator intended. finished up. I finished up the first book today. It's 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 less than when it comes to Wheel of Time, but that's OK. Andrew, what are your final thoughts? Um, That's not to say I, I'm not enjoying Akatar, by the way. It is actually kind of fun. But yeah, cool. good, good to know. I, I, I've maintained this headcanon since I randomly thought of it one night. And not to say that I'm the first or only one uh, that Sure. Uh, the channeling is best thought of as your ability to transmute the world around you, not uh, again like creation or destruction of anything. Um, in the words of Flamingos to Die in the live chat, we didn't start the fire, we just <laughs> oh, changed the air into fire. <laughs> yeah. um, I think it ties in really well with Teleron Riyadh. Um, I still think that Teleron Riyadh basically serves as a training training ground uh for humanity those that can access it can use it to start unraveling the mysteries of how to affect the world around them um and i think that answers rand's pipe that in the end he simply as he would in teleron riyadh but in the waking world wills it to be lit and therefore it is lit um because he now has uh complete and total mental mastery over the world because he's been in a very, 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 very unique position to see the truth of the world and how the world works together. You know, you see this in sci-fi all the time. This ascended consciousness can make things happen sheerly with force of will and effortlessly normally. I think it's like half of what we see happen in like Star Trek. That being said, I think like the... The, the fact that we came to the conclusion that there was a soul-based and a genetic-based marker or prerequisite for being able to channel without having to have the questions that, that Robert Jordan and Brandon Sanderson at, uh, answered and that our fat checker, Mahal Morshadi, brought up, I think is great. It does show that we can come to accurate conclusions without the fat checker, Mahal, if we must, though we don't always choose to. <laughs> um, I don't want to. But I think it's I think it's really cool. And uh, I think some of the best discussions like this that go more into like the metaphysics of the world um, bring up more questions because uh, it makes it easier to think of topics for future episodes. So it's less brain power and more content. Um, I mean, uh, it's a never Don't ending say the incredible quiet part discussion. Out loud. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, I think it's great. So um yeah, this is definitely one of the discussions I'm left with more questions than answers 
Oh yeah. And none of them are about what I think channeling in and of itself is. It's right? all about the ancillary aspects around channeling. So uh and the wise, wise words of a man known as uh Borat. Great success. <laughs> Great success. Indeed. So thank you all for being here. I am I'm so happy. Uh this was such a great conversation. I'm seriously looking forward uh to seeing your comments below, telling us what we missed, telling us the things that we maybe got wrong. Uh point it out, but bring your receipts. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for behaving so well whilst receiving this week's weekly dose of taint and we hope that uh wherever you are you leave here just a bit more insane than you were when you first started from all of us here at and the black do, tower let us I know is the insanity on your soul or your body but yeah that's <laughs> it tell us soul or body below um do you feel it in your right brain now. or do you feel it in your taint hole which one Wait, from all which, of us here at the black tower you have a soul josh, or body i'm josh your sorbonne mihail yes. that's it we're done we're done yeah. sorbonne mihail this is actually all paint. I'm actually green and covered in like, <laughs> what is it called? Chlor or chlor or whatever. I want to say chloroform, and that's definitely that's not what it incorrect. is. Incorrect. That, chlorophyll. No, that's, not... that's it. Chlorophyll. Yeah, I'm covered in chlorophyll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've been your Bajan Mahal, Andrew. And <laughs> I have been your Amin Khan Mahal, Daniel. And from all of us here at the Black Tower, thank you very, very much um, for being here, for listening to this episode. We look forward to having these crazy discussions in the lobby at WatCon with all of you lovely people who are going to be there. Also, uh, this is both for live and... Uh, and non-live listeners, more rooms in the room block for WatCon just opened. So go onto the WatCon of, of website and go to the, the hotels and travel and things like that. Get yourself a room in the room block. They are a reduced rate. I think they are not quite as reduced as they were originally. But again, that's what happens when you have to get more rooms, which awesome problem to have. So go for it. Go and get your rooms. Uh, we will see you there. And from all of us here at the Black Tower Podcast, we hope that you're having a wonderful morning. And in case we don't see you again, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And remember, it's chlorophyll, not chloroform. That might keep <laughs> you out of jail. It? Might keep you out of jail if you go with chlorophyll. Or is it? running the show. Just fitting in In the tower